Here in Northwest Arkansas, our life group meets on Monday nights at 6.30 at the links at Lowell Clubhouse. Just a few weeks ago, I got to the clubhouse early and was setting up. One of our newer members showed up and we just had some time to catch up and chat. After exchanging pleasantries, she asked me a question. Hey, I know that you've been through some stuff, but how do you heal from a broken heart? Welcome to In the Meantime with the Season Single. I'm your host, Angela Hines, and today we'll discuss how to heal a broken heart. Take a moment and think about this. When was your last breakup? Got it? Okay. Now, how do you know when you are healed? Are you healed? That's the thing about healing. It takes time and it looks different based on what you've actually gone through. Typically, it seems that the relationships where we're the most vulnerable are the ones that tend to take a lot more time to heal from. So in order to know when you're healed, you have to know the process that you must work through in order to get to that point. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross is a pioneer in near-death studies and the author of the internationally best-selling book on death and dying, and subsequently, the five stages of grief. Through her work, Elizabeth identified five stages of grief, which are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. If you take a step back and think about areas where you've grieved in the past, you can probably see these very distinct stages being worked out in your life. Having knowledge of what the stages of grief look like is great because then I can really stay self-aware and understand why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling and be able to put words to it. That's so helpful. So with this knowledge, these are the steps that I took to heal my broken heart from the engagement that I so long waited for that did not come to fruition. Now, I'm not saying this is the way that you should do it. This is the path that I took to healing my heart and preparing myself to love again. The first thing I did was to allow myself to fully grieve. I took time off work. I stepped back from different areas that I was very engaged with so that I could have the time to grieve the way that I needed to grieve. What I didn't need was people telling me not to cry because I needed to cry. I needed to allow my anger out that way. I needed to have people in my life that knew where I was in the process of grief so that they can understand and allow me to just go through it. The things that we don't face will often keep us bound. So if we don't allow ourselves to go through the anger, through the bargaining and the depression, we can never get to a place of acceptance. And that's where we have to be. That's where we need to get in order to be truly healed. 
The second thing I did was to fully immerse myself in the Word of God. I found comfort every night listening to the International House of Prayer, 24-hour prayer and worship. And if that wasn't playing, I was listening to the Book of Ruth and also the story of Hannah. When I listen to the Book of Ruth, I'm reminded that God is my kinsman redeemer. And that brings me great joy and comfort. The third thing I did was to get professional help. You may recall that in episode three, where I told about how I became the seasoned single, I mentioned that I started premarital counseling with my ex-fiance. And that was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. Because we had already started seeing a counselor, I continued with the same person that walked me through the engagement. She was able to understand where I was and take me to where I needed to be. She was wise counsel and more than anything, she was a prayer warrior. This was also a way that I was able to keep good self-awareness about what was going on and where I was. I learned about internalizing grief and pain and how it's really not good for us. So there's a lot that can be gleaned from having professional help through this time. And side note, for a lot of cultures, going to a therapist or a counselor is very taboo. But let me tell you something. When you want freedom and healing, you got to do whatever it takes for you to get there. And if that means that you have someone where you can be vulnerable and you can open up and tell them the truth and nothing but the truth, and they have wisdom from on high to give you to help you navigate, then that's what you need to do. And if money is an issue, guys, just go and let people know, hey, this is what I'm working with. There are some therapists who take insurance, others who offer a sliding rate for their services. So don't let anything keep you from doing what you need to do to take care of your mental and emotional health. The fourth thing I did was really quite simple. I put my body in motion. I actually started running during this season and it's something that I've come to love very much. Running not only gave me clarity and allowed me to really commune with the Lord because sometimes I was about to pass out when I first started running, but it also gets those endorphins kicking in so that it can help you through those stages of depression. Um, it's also a great way to release anger, especially if it's done in a healthy manner. Now we can always overdo anything, but done in the right proportions, moving your body, exercising, dancing, oh my gosh, I had so much fun at Zumba. I loved it. It was so much fun and brought me so much joy. And before I knew it, not only did I look amazing, but I felt great as well too. I had a pastor several years ago who spoke about how he took every morning to journal. He would journal just one page. So I put that into practice probably about in 2008. Every morning I would wake up and I would journal. My journal entries are more like prayers to God, more of a conversation between a father and a daughter. I'd pour out my heart to him and let him know where I was and what was going on. And as he spoke, I would just write down the things that I felt like he was telling me. As I look back 
in those journals during that time, I am moved to tears because I see how much God has grown me, how much he has healed me. And it's also a great place to go back and remember the promises that God gives us or the promises that he reminds us of written in your own handwriting. Those are sweet moments that we can never get back. They are treasures to me now. I look back at them just as in the Old Testament, the children of Israel were called to have stones of remembrance. My journals are my stones of remembrance. When I'm going through a tough time, I go back and I look and I remind myself of the things that God has done. Now, the last thing I did is pretty nerdy, but let me tell you, that's just who I am. I put my nose in every book. I read the word of God, but I also looked at other books that would really help me heal. I served at a church in their youth group, and one of the speakers during beach camp gave the adults a book by Stephen W. Smith, and it's called The Lazarus Life, Spiritual Transformation for Ordinary People. And let me tell you what, guys, this is life changing. This book was amazing. It talked to me about the healing process, where it did not go into specifics about the five stages, but it took a look at the life of Lazarus and showed what happened on the journey to resurrecting his life. It is amazing. The second book that I highly, highly recommend is by John Bevere, and it is called The Bait of Satan. Let me tell you something, y'all. This book will get you right. You will get some act right about yourself. You'll start looking at yourself in a different way. One of the things that I see a lot when it comes to being a believer in Christ is that we know how to put on a good face. We know how to say the church words, do the right things. But baby, when it comes to doing that internal work, we are lazy sometimes. Present company included. This book, if you sit down with it, you can do some personal work that will start to transform your heart and open your eyes to why we need Christ so deeply. So that's it. I use these resources as well as the community that God has given me. And there's another key element that we'll talk about later and that's forgiveness. But that is for a whole nother episode because that's going to take a lot of time. So if you're in need of community, why don't you join us Monday nights at 6.30 at the Links at Lowell in Lowell, Arkansas. If you don't have community, if you don't have a community of seasoned singles that you're engaged with and you want to start a group, send us an email at info at or join our mailing list at www.theseasonsingle.com. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Now, don't forget to rate and review and share with a friend. And in the meantime, may your heart be healed. And your cup be filled with the joy of the Lord. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. So, these are the steps that I took to get healed. Have you used any of these techniques? Have you heard of any of these books? 
hey, I want to know. I want to hear from you. So let's continue the discussion on Instagram and Facebook at The Season Single. For those of you who are hurting and seeking healing, my prayer is that as you seek God in this, you will find him and he will give you clarity. He will give you healing. And just like it says in 1 Peter 5 and 10, my prayer for you comes from 1 Peter 5 and 10. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever and ever. Amen. In the meantime, may this be your prayer. Thank you.